1: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
0: On this week's Scork 7000, from the 20th of June this year, any pilot who resides in the EU must hold an AASA part FCL license when flying any aircraft other than those defined in Annex 1 of the EU Basic Regulation. Well, I'm joined by Mark Dwyer of Flying in Ireland on this episode as we explore some of the changes and give you insights into the relevant legislation. Mark, great to have you back on Squawk 7000. And we have a particular topic we're going to look at in this episode, and it's all got to do with a date on the 20th of June 2022. What's in store?
2: Yeah, there's a few licensing changes coming in from the 20th of June this year. So, if we go back uh, probably 10 or 12 years at this stage, the EASA published the aircrew regulation, and uh, within that, under Article 12 in particular, there was uh, a requirement written in there to say basically that if you fly an EASA aircraft, um, regardless of where it's registered, uh, you need to hold an EASA license. Now, there was a provision in that regulation for um, various states, including Ireland, to defer that. Uh, the implementation of that specific uh, requirement until the 20th of june 2022 and most states in europe have been doing that uh with an exemption but uh that runs out this year so there's going to be a few changes for pilots operating and uh, particularly on foreign uh, registered aircraft and foreign licenses in this country uh, and will you create the distinction if you would for us please
0: between aasa registered aircraft and annex one aircraft then
2: Yeah, so you may remember a few months ago we had a chat as well about um, microlights and the extension of um, the the microlight definition. So uh, effectively, um, there's uh, in the um, basic regulation under IASA, we've got something called Annex One aircraft. And these are types of aircraft that fall outside uh, the European regulation um, infrastructure, let's just say. And they include uh, microlights, uh, home built aircraft, Uh, classic aircraft, um, ex-military aircraft and some other obscure types like um, aircraft that have been modified for certain purposes and things like that. So uh, effectively anything other than that um, is referred to as an EASA aircraft under the regulation. So that includes your normal certified aircraft like your Cessna 150s, 172s, Piper PA-28s, basically anything with an EASA certificate of airworthiness. Now,
0: you mentioned at the beginning that there's somewhat of, uh, you know, been a derogation for Ireland uh, over the period of years. Is there any chance of that being extended?
2: No, there won't be. Uh, so as far as the regulation is concerned, it's written there 20th of June 2022. So there's, uh, the, the, there's no chance that that will be extended.
0: Now Let's take a couple of specific examples, because uh, around the country there may be the occasional American N-registered aircraft flying in the
2: country, and the pilot is on an FAA licence. Are they likely to be affected? Yes, absolutely. So even though um, they have an FAA license and they're flying an N-registered aircraft, uh, they would still have to hold a EASA Part FCL license if they're resident in the state. So these rules that come in, uh, w- when they do come in on the 20th of June, uh, they won't affect visiting pilots, only for pilots uh, that are resident in the EU. So, um, so in that case, for the for a pilot on an FAA license flying an NREG aircraft, or even for that matter, an FAA license flying an EI-REG aircraft, um, unless that aircraft is an Annex One aircraft, like a microlight or a homebuilt, etc., um, they will have to hold a an EASA license. Now, <clears throat> one of the things that's been going on in the background, and one of the reasons that the initial delay was put in place, was that um, the European Union and uh, the US were uh talking and developing a basa which is a bilateral air safety agreement and as part of that there's an element of mutual recognition of licenses uh which means there's a a bit of a fast track um or yeah i suppose you could call it best a bit of a fast track between getting a ppl airplane license from an faa converted to um an easa airplane license and vice versa
0: Okay, and we look at the specifics, I suppose, in a moment of people doing those conversions. And the other thing, and again, I'm only asking this for thoroughness, is that uh, along with that, I'm guessing
2: Brexit, G-registered aircraft, any big changes? Yeah, I think that's going to be the biggest impact. So there are people flying around on American licences and American aircraft, but there's actually a huge amount more flying around on G-reg aircraft and on UK CAA licences. And uh, since Brexit, um, the UK has left the EASA and the European Union, and therefore it's a uh, non and uh, now a non EASA license. So even if your license says you know issued in accordance with EASA from the first of January twenty twenty one, that's not the case, and it's now been transferred into uh, a UK national regulation. So there there are lots of uh, pilots flying around the country, um, on a UK former EASA license. Uh, which will now need to be converted to fly, uh, or, sorry, converted to an EASA license, even if they're flying a G-REG aircraft.
0: So you could be the owner of a G-REG aircraft with a UK CAA license, but if you're a resident of this country in, on, on, in the Republic of Ireland, I'm guessing specifically, yep. you need the EASA
2: conversion. Exactly.
0: Okay. Well, let's talk about that conversion process then. We'll go back one step because you started with the FAA and N-registered aircraft. Uh, If I were to hold uh, an FAA PPL and I also have access to an N-registered aircraft, what do I have to do before June?
2: Okay, so under this uh, BASA, um, the bilateral air safety agreement, there was uh, what's called a technical implementation procedure. was published and if you go to the Flying in Ireland website and if you type in um, FAA or EAS in the search bar in the top right hand corner, you'll find an article uh, that I wrote for the website which details all of this. In there you'll find a link to this technical imp- implementation procedure or TIP, and uh, within that it specifies the requirements both to transfer from a FAA license, to European license, and then vice versa because it works um, for the FAA system as well. So effectively, um, the requirements are: you need to. Luckily, there's no theory exams required, so the agreement exempts that. Um, there is a flight test required, so the the standard PPL flight test uh, would apply. Um, you would need to do uh, an English language proficiency uh, test with uh, an English language assessor and um you would have to hold an IASA uh part med license. uh sorry part med medical as well so class two or class one as required so um yeah that, that's pretty much it from that perspective so it's a reasonably straightforward process because of the the training requirements in EASA you would have to do that at an ATO or a DTO so if you do have an faa license you are flying um an EASA type aircraft regardless of where it's registered you should contact the um, your local ATO or local DTO and have a chat with the CFI or the head of training there and take a look at the requirements. But at a minimum, it's going to be a flight test with some oral questioning from the examiner, an English language assessment and a medical.
0: I, I suppose, you know, the other thing, interesting thing about this too is that many people will have held other licences because they didn't want to get caught up in bureaucracy or even the possibility of a, of a high-time PPL having to face another flight test. So that's what's on the cards
2: yeah effectively um unfortunately and it it may catch a lot of people out because a lot of people um are not a lot but certainly many people would have done a ppl in ireland and then for whatever reason would have um uh, done their commercial exams in the uk and ended up being issued with a, a uk license so they would have held an irish ppl in the past but if you have transferred your license out of ireland to the uk or to another icao state that's not in easa then your irish license uh, ceased to exist at that point so when mm. you bring that back to ireland um it's effectively seen as like how a conversion so if it's coming from the us uh, you don't have to do any theory exams um but it's there's still a flight test required and there's still the english language assessment and the um medical
0: Okay, so we've talked about the FAA. Let's look at the UK CAA now for the point of view of conversion again. And and I suppose to remind people that this is for anybody who's a resident in the state who intends to fly in the state.
2: Yeah, so this one, so we could actually, we'll use the UK as an example because it's probably the most popular out there, but this will actually apply to pretty much any other state in the world. Um, so it's effectively the ICAO conversion requirements. So... Um, the first thing, again, you would have to contact an ATO or a DTO in order to do the training. Um, you need to have at least 100 hours uh, as a pilot on oh. airplanes, so that's one of the requirements. Uh, the second one then, you'll have to do two theory exams, that's human performance limitations, and uh, the air law exam, and then you're going to have to do an English language assessment, uh, part FCL medical, and then uh, do the flight test, so again, the PPL flight test as before. It's worth noting that the PPL exams that they do in the IEA, they only do them every second month. So I think the closing date is coming up very shortly for the uh, next set of exams. So that only leaves one further set of exams before this June deadline. So there's not a huge amount of time left.
0: So you could technically find yourself unable to fly legally from that date in June.
2: Effectively, yes.
0: Mm. Um, You mentioned 100 hours. What happens if you're a low-time PPL?
2: Well, unfortunately, if you if you have a low time PPL, um, you won't be able to exercise uh, the privileges uh, of your license uh, on any ASA airplane in in Irish airspace or in any uh, European airspace for that matter. So you'd have a couple of options if you have a UK license and um, it's relatively new and you've relatively low experience. You've probably been uh, flying. Um, in the UK somewhere. So you would have an option to go and you know do some hour building there to get up to the 100 hours. Right. Uh, you'd probably have at least half of that from doing your PPL anyway. Um, y- another option, <clears throat> this, uh, these requirements don't apply to Annex 1 aircraft. So you could fly um, microlights, home builds, classic aircraft that don't hold any ASA of A, get the hours up that way and then uh, build. So when we say the deadline is the 20th of June, um if you're not flying those aircraft then of course you could comply you could build the hours up and then you could do the conversion post that date it just means from the 20th of june you would not be able to fly any asset aircraft regardless of where it's registered
0: i'm just thinking because of course it's a it's a real thing in in this country that some people will have driven up maybe to newton arts to do their flying rather than to fly somewhere else and um they now may be in that situation where they want to fly down here but won't be able to
2: yeah, as there's plenty of people in that situation and um, many, I think, would have seen the issue that Brexit threw up and would have decided to sully their license. So sully is a state of license issue. So sully transfer was effectively transferring your um, UK issued, yes, a license to an Irish issued, yes, a license. Now, the deadline for that was the 30th of uh, December 2020 and um you know it was a long drawn out process there was lots of delays there was um you know fees licensing fees involved so a lot of people didn't do it because they didn't foresee this issue but uh, a lot of people will f- fall foul of this and like i say a lot of people did go up the north and you know go to newton Ards and do their revalidations mm. and up to brexit that was you know perfectly acceptable the licenses were all mutually recognized there was no issues but now the regulatory landscape has changed, and uh, this is one of the fallout from it.
0: I suppose for the people who might think that this is just, you know, officialdom gone crazy, you did say at the beginning that we were operating under derogation, and this had to be sorted out soon anyway.
2: Yeah, it's been um, it's been written in the air crew regulation for for quite a while. Um, in fact, I think it's from from when it was published initially in two thousand and eleven. Um, of course, anyone with a UK license, I don't think anyone foresaw Brexit happening. <laughs> so that would, that would never have uh, yeah. crossed anyone's mind. But certainly it's been on the cards for a while. And um, yeah, it's unfortunate now that the, the, a lot of people are being caught out with um, with Brexit, especially operating on a G-Reg aircraft.
0: Anecdotally, are we aware of uh, anybody running into any difficulties with this? Because I'm sure in, you know, in the best laid plans of mice and men, things don't always work according to plan.
2: Yeah, I think there is. Uh, I, I think mainly one of the, the main reasons we did the article on the website is to try and um, uh, promote or to to raise this issue because a lot of people haven't seen it coming um, and you know this basa and um, the the technical implementation procedure was only published in may last year's so that gave us kind of a fast track from an faa license to um to a european license so yeah i think it's going to affect a lot of people uh, over the next few months so the advice is to um really have a look at that article on the website the iaa also have a frequently asked questions section on their website in relation to it uh talk to your local ato or dto and see how it affects you and um yeah if you need to go get the exams done then get the required uh, theory from your ato and and get the exams out of the way
0: well the other thing mark of course we know is that we have people listening in over 32 countries to squawk 7000 and if any of those
2: pilots decide to visit ireland what's going to be the requirement for them okay so if they're operating um outside so if they reside outside of the european union then the standard icao rules apply so if they're if they're visiting on an faa license and an n aircraft then there's no issues they can um they can fly in and out as normal uh, same thing from the uk if you reside in the uk you got a uk issued license in a g-reg airplane you're more than welcome to come and tour the, the country and there's no issues with um with licensing there so this is purely for people uh who reside in the state um or reside in the eu i should say be uh, more accurate there's also um an option of a validation so validation where is where you can um get your foreign license validated for a period of one year and that would allow you to operate on your foreign license um in ireland on an EAS aircraft i would have to probably advise people against that for a number of reasons one the requirements to get a validation are almost identical to actually getting the license itself right. you still have to do the exams still have to do the flight test so if you're going to go to that effort uh, you might as well just go and and get the process done adjusted and get it out of the way the other thing people need to be careful of especially for any budding commercial pilots is that you can only ever be issued with one validation in your lifetime yeah. so a lot of airlines rely on validations um for example if there's an irish aoc looking for a uk aoc you could operate on a validation for one year flying on that aoc and vice versa if you use your validation for your ppl that means you can't use it for your commercial license in future so it might you know end up costing you money or even a job in future so with the requirements i think the best course of action if you need to change your license is just to go ahead and do it
0: we'll be back with more after this short break
1: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
0: I suppose, uh, you know, as we come towards the end of this chat, and I want to talk to you about something else in a moment, but how do you um, apply for this? Like, what's, what's the process? I, I will be directing people out to flyinginireland.com anyway, and you have some links there.
2: Yeah, that's right so um the links are all in there um the best thing to do is as i said is to contact your dto so um i'm the head of training at the funfly aerosports flying club in clombologue so if you have any questions Uh, In relation to that, uh, send me an email, info at funfly.ie. If you want to do the conversion with us, you can come down to Belogue or at least we can chat by email or by phone in advance so we can look at the requirements and uh, we can see uh, what they are specifically uh, for your case. In terms of applying for it then, um, once you talk to your DTO, the first thing really to do is to get... um, the exams out of the way because they're probably going to take the longest so you may need a bit of revision uh, of airline human performance and lots of the ATO's and DTO's around the country will be able to help with that and then do the exams themselves. Um, if you also have a look at the IA website you see a list of air medical examiners. If you don't have a um, uh, an Irish or a part med European class 1 or class 2 medical, and also an English language assessor. So in FunFly, we have an ELA examiner in house. So again, you can contact us there and we can organize the English language assessment as required. And then for the flight test itself, it's a standard um, Appendix nine flight test. So like we all did when we did our PPL. Mm -hmm but there's a special form that needs to be completed. There's one specifically for the FAA conversion because there's specific requirements that are outlined in that typical document. And then there's a separate ICAO conversion uh, for every other license, including the UK. So um, yeah, the best advice would be to contact your ATO, DTO, Have a look at that article on the website and then you can contact us at Funfly if you need to.
0: Well, fantastic that you actually have been across all of this information for the rest of us. Now, you've brought up Funfly and that brings me to the next thing I want to chat to you about, which is the Funfly Wings Award.
2: Yes, that's right. So uh, we launched this um, a couple of weeks ago now and uh, it's modelled on some of the other Wings Awards that they have in other parts of Europe that have been quite successful. So I think um, we'd probably all agree that when we got our PPL, Uh, we kind of lost the focus so you know when you're doing your flight training um you're always looking forward to that qualifying cross-country and then the mock flight test and finally the skills test and Mm. we all go flying and bring your friends family flying for a few hours but uh, after that um kind of interest wanes a little bit and uh, it's hard to you know when you're burning holes in the sky it's hard to stay focused unless maybe you're going on to do commercial or whatever the case may be so what we developed at funfly is the new funfly wings award uh, with three um, stages so three levels uh, bronze silver and gold and the idea here is to give people who have their ppl or, or any license for that matter uh, to give them some targets to aim for so uh, it could be an extra qualification like a tailwheel differences training it could be a night rating could be an instrument rating could be um, a seaplane rating or um conversion to you know a few different types of aircraft and right. um, then also some on the education side to attend some seminars so gaskey the general aviation safety council run um, some safety evenings throughout the year and um, gasco as well in the uk uh, offers some online and there may be others that might pop up that might be relevant that we've put on, on the website. Uh, there's also a navigation element to it where uh, we encourage people to go on across country. So for your PPL, there's 150 nautical miles stop at two places. So for the, the bronze award, we've said 200 nautical miles. So plan an AVEX, that's 200 nautical miles, stops at two airports and go to somewhere you haven't been before. But really, we're trying to offer pilots here a uh, a target, something to aim for. Uh, and, and they'll get a qualification at the end of it from us uh, a certificate and uh, a nice bronze silver or gold wings
0: well, that in itself as you say gives people something to do when you're looking at the uh, maybe hopefully a nice summer ahead and deciding well maybe just I won't go for the 100 euro burger this time to uh, for the airport I'll actually make it part of an award system <laughs>
2: yeah and if you want more information so this we, we've we put together uh, a great video which highlights the um, the various different levels and uh, we've details on the funfly website so if you go to funfly.ie, and you'll see in the menu along the top um, of the page, you'll see Funfly Awards. If you click on that, um, it'll go in with the details of the bronze, silver and gold awards. And then some examples of the qualifications of the safety seminars you could attend and uh, details of the hours requirements and navigation challenges. And then if you if you think it's something you're interested in, and I would encourage people to do it. Um, it's free for FunFly members, uh, there's only a 15 euro charge for administration for non-FunFly members and you only pay that when you've completed the challenge, so uh, all the information is there. Uh, hopefully a lot of the flying clubs uh, find it interesting and um, might encourage their members to do it as well. But the details are on the website, we've a small form to fill in just to register that you're doing the award and we're officially kicking it off on the 1st of April. So. Of course, any hours counted before the 1st of April will count, but uh, the navigation challenges and the um, safety evenings will be from... The first of April. I'm so
0: you can't bring an old Airbus or seven three seven cross country with you to the no, awards. No, I'm afraid, afraid yeah. not. I'm afraid <laughs> not. <laughs> well, it's a hundred hours to register for the bronze and fifty p one by the time you're ready for it. Um, I've already put my application in, so I'm very much looking forward to. I should probably do it myself.
2: Do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you go for the gold straight away. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, I, I think it's only fair that we do it in order, so yes. we'll start with yeah. bronze and then silver yeah. and uh, up to gold at last. So There's no shortcuts. Yeah. No, short no absolutely not. Yeah,
0: Mark, thank you very much indeed. People can get. All the details on flyinginireland.com and of course uh, if you want to find out about some of the awards as well just go to uh, funfly.ie and Mark Dwyer thank you for joining us at Squawk 7000 we'll chat again soon.
2: Thanks Michael. To get the news first subscribe now to Squawk 7000 on your favourite podcast platform.